Welcome to episode number 30 of El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, and we're going to talk about jail. What jail? This is going to be a very interesting podcast. What are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about a lot of things. One of them, the wacky left in New York City under Mayor Big Bird. They're going to do away with the Rikers Island system, and they're going to create a bunch of little jails and wait to hear what the creation's all about. And the price tag, undetermined. What they're going to do in the future, undetermined. We're also going to talk about the high cost in building a jail. Astronomical. Places like Los Angeles with $3 billion price tags for two jails. Yep, sometimes crime isn't free. Jail, what jail? Ever since the beginning of time, man has had a detention system in place to keep them in a place that they can't go and remove their freedom from them. Usually these places were dark dungeons, terrible in nature many, many years ago. Today, these things, we call them jails. And... Primitive as they they are, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, they're still around. Now a lot of jurisdictions, because of their own negligence, are forced to upgrade quickly, and quickly means very expensively. It's a building where iron concrete is tripled and quadrupled in some of these buildings. As a result, the cost is astronomical, and there is no solution in sight. But our friends over in the left, they have some wacky ideas. Other than only prison reform, well, they want to make the criminal coming in your jurisdiction and near you, they want to make them real comfortable, so they're happy. And if you don't like the accommodations that are provided for you, you can actually pick your own place and pay for it out of your own pocket. That's right, folks. It's called pay to stay. And you might not believe it, but it exists. But we're going to get on that and a lot more subjects here on episode number 30. But before we get to all those goodies, it's time for the LP News Countdown. (laughs) 
one. Oklahoma prison director asking for money and in a hurry. What? Oklahoma Board of Corrections will ask state lawmakers for nearly $9 million to get through the next three months. The board voted unanimously Tuesday to request the funds after Corrections Director Joe Albart warned of the department's financial struggle. The Corrections Department has an annual budget of nearly $500 million, and its projected to shortfall is a small percentage is a small percentage, but Altenburg said the department still needs uh, close to nine million, eight point seven five million. Although said the department has been in the red all year and has a five point two million deficit in payroll alone, he warns the bills will go unpaid if the money is not provided. So this is an ongoing issue all over uh, the country. Uh, corrections departments, the the budgeting of the corrections department. To give you an idea how it works real fast, you basically, you budget each position. A position has a staff member assigned to it. But the problem that occurs is budget has most likely been done six months prior or maybe even a year prior. Now the budget comes in. Well, guess what? People <laughs> the left, people came in, people moved on to other sections of the agency. And people go on vacation, people get hurt, the list is endless. So what replaces that budgetary position? Overtime. And overtime goes through the roof. That is the cancer of the industry of corrections. Not like police departments, that they can overcome that by basically doing a little augmentation of the uh, force out in the field by moving personnel around, or even by having a supervisor supplement the patrol force. But in corrections, there are specific positions, and therefore they're budgeted that way. And, you know, they're like uh, telephone poles, for lack of a better term, in every, in every city. So you have to have a body in that position. So the mess over in corrections continues. Here's an article that's a growing trend in the corrections area, and that is um, sexual abuse. And it's something that the liberals really like to, you know, dwell in. And there's such a thing as uh, a thing called prayer and all that. We'll go into that in another show. But here's an interesting article that kind of sheds some light on what I'm talking about. L.A. County Women's Jail lags behind national standards on preventing sexual abuse. A month after a guard, nonsense, I guess they're playing basketball, was arrested on suspicion of sexually assaulting inmates at the Women's Jail in Linwood, auditors touring the lockup noted a number of troubling practices that could lead to sexual abuse. Some women, women were visible while they showered. Although inmates can report sexual misconduct, those with keys to their complaint box, including sergeants who might be the targets of the accusations. Even a seemingly inauspicious job title was problematic. An officer who monitors different areas of the jail was called a prowler, a term the auditors noted that obviously has an issue with being, you know, part of a prey. 
and it goes on. It, it's kind of a, a lengthy article, and we'll we'll post it on uh, lpoliceradio.com on the show notes for this show. And it's going to start slipping away from the story, and it's going to go into the national trend. And there's where we start seeing the leftist ideology kind of seeping in to the narrative. So the narrative here is a lot more than what the article alludes to. And that is a, a, a real issue that's happening all over the country. Now, you want to prevent this at all costs. Within the structure of the correctional field, there is such a thing as a sight and sound, and there is no real right to privacy, as the Supreme Court has noted, so you don't have a shower curtain per se, because then no one knows what you're doing. You could be hanging inside the shower. So that brings in a whole new arena of issues and problems. Very complex legal world inside those uh, uh, steel bars, and... Another issue is, of course, these abuses that do occur. But, of course, L.A. has been the brunt of these um, complaints over and over again, a system that's having a real a large amount of difficulty conforming to the left's agenda in a leftist state. So their problem is going to mount real, real big in the near future. No! That's all I could say. All right, let's go on to the... Last story of the day. Three. And in keeping with our corrections theme, we're going to stay. Remember, the uh, episode is jail. What jail? And we're going to keep on that that theme. And what would a storyline of news be without the wacky left being present as the big elephant in the room? ACLU, better known as the Bolshevik communist, demand new cage-free prison design. With overcrowding in prisons reaching a near-epidemic levels across the country, a new idea would allow inmates to roam free. Now, the population levels they're talking about is a bunch of baloney. Actually, population levels are dropping because sentencing guidelines have been increased in a lot of states so your common criminals are off in the prison system somewhere, not necessarily in the jails. But, uh, you know, the, the left's always going to control the narrative. Washington, the ACLU has submitted a proposal to the Justice Department, which would all but eliminate the need for prisons, jails in America. The right group is demanding a cage-free incarceration system by developing an in many of the wide open spaces in the state states like North Dakota, New Mexico, Wyoming, and elsewhere. Uh, Evelyn Bentholt, a local ACLU representative, said, we have a vast swath of federal land that are just being wasted. Nobody is there and nothing is happening there. We talk about hundreds of millions of square miles of wide open space which would be ideal for the use of as a human as a humane home for people convicted of crimes. There would be no need for bars or fences. The inmates would f- form cities and communities. Th- this is just I can't even continue reading this crap. I'll we'll post it on lpoliceradio.com on the show notes. You know what it reminds me, folks, and we have a 
a show coming up, I believe in June, on uh, Narcos. And uh, Pe Pablo Escobar, the uh, drug trafficker in Colombia, made a deal with the government to build his own jail and basically was sentenced to his own jail with his own guards and his own inmates. I can't say it anymore. Can this, can, are these people for real? All right, let's time, time to hit the bugler. All right, folks, so welcome back to uh, Jail, White Jail, episode number 30. And here specifically we're going to talk about the construction or structures of America's jails and basically the large amount of money that is needed that probably some drug cartels would have difficulty financing. That's how bad it is. But the jail systems in America, if we look at it in its totality, the mid-60s, maybe you want to say, to late 60s, there's a lot of construction development on jails all over the country. It was a time where President John F. Kennedy, even though he was a Democrat, he did a wacky thing back then, and that was tax relief. That's right. He provided tax relief. And tax, re tax relief, although it was primarily for people, not necessarily companies, companies took advantage of that. So it was a good time for the economy, and it was a good time to build stuff. When you're building a jail... There's not much revenue that's going to come back to you. Or in other words, it's just spent money. You open up a window and you start following it out. The amount of iron and con concrete that is needed to build a jail is overwhelming. It is a large and very heavy structure. Therefore, the cost of it is astronomical. So in the 60s you got a lot of building of jails all over the country. Everybody's you know, doing their thing and building their jails. And we come into the dry season but then there's another president that stimulates the economy with tax cuts again. And this one is called Ronald Wilson Reagan. Yeah. I know a lot of, of our wacky folks on the left called it whack... Uh, voodoo economics, but the truth was, there's where your large amounts of money in tax bases, because the economy was doing well, starts to flourish, and more jails are being built. Not only that, that was the era where there was a lot of hiring of personnel, police and corrections. This is the the metamorphosis, this is the turn around the corner for a lot of corrections departments where they had a smaller agency, let's say in late 70s, maybe early 80s, the, the turn starts to come in during the Reagan administration, an era where all of a sudden it 
doubles in size. But give you an example, you have 500 officer deputies. Your jurisdiction, if it was a large tax base, in other words, you were flourishing, there were new homes, there was um, a lot of movement of the economy, there, there was a, a pretty good tax base for that city or county to build uh, on that, that infrastructure, they would hire the double amount, maybe 500 more officers. And it was slowly starting to grow. It was an era where the economy was booming, booming. There was booming for a lot of reasons, not only the political agenda, the tax cuts and all that. It was also an era of the of of the cocaine era. So there was a, a lot of money laundering and stuff like that which was occurring, and that was also a stimuli of the economy. So jails are popping up all over the country during that era as well. Now we fast forward to 2018, and what do we have? Rust bowls. Certain areas where some of the facilities don't even function well. You can't open doors properly. Even the system of keys is complex and costly. You just don't have your regular key. You know, hey, I'm running over to Home Depot, get some keys for cell number three. It's not the way it works. And we'll post some uh, company content on El Police uh, Radio's show notes for this show to show you the different complexity of the keys and so forth. Uh, some don't have keys. Some are just electronic. So the issue becomes very costly. Sometimes you would have in specific jails that were built a long time ago, let's say the locking mechanism broke down. Well, each jail has staff that is sworn that they handle all the keys. This is not given to the civilian world. It's controlled by the law enforcement aspect because those are very important closed, uh, secured keys. And they can fix the locking mechanism, but they need a new key to be forged now, and therefore they can't do it, and they have to send it out to the company, and the company says, you got it. You'll have that key as, as, as fast as you could say uh, three months. And that's sometimes how long the back orders were these keys to be manufactured to send back to these facilities. So now the administrators are faced with, do I leave the image in an unlocked cell? And if I do so, then I have to have personnel standing outside the door, make sure nobody leaves. That is 24 hours a day, as long as this takes. Or do I move them to another cell, close this one down? Well, that could create overpopulation and all other cells that have to absorb this incoming traffic. So now it's created a huge problem. And uh, ring around the, the chair or, or uh, hopping around the chair is a constant problem in corrections. You never have enough space because you really cannot put your finger on what's coming in. You can't say, you know what, I think today's a good day. We'll probably get like 20 new guys. What do you think, Bob? You can get hit with 200. And they're outside beeping, open the door, we're here. That's how that works. 
So you don't really know what's coming. Now, population levels in a lot of municipalities throughout the United States in jail systems have gone down, as we stated, because uh, sentencing guidelines have increased in a lot of states, especially if there are more southern states than northern states. So they're sticking to their guidelines on sentencing. So where a person got convicted and did X amount of time and then they got parole or probation or what have you and out the door they went, now the sentencing is saying, well, you have to stay here for at least 80% of that time. And there's no going around that. Forcing governments now to build bigger prisons and prisons are having a difficult time in catching up as well. The article that we just read this is the narrative that the ACLU and all the Bolshevik communists are trying to push in this country. They're trying to do prison reform, which basically translates to open the door and let them go. They're trying to eliminate charges as they're calling minor charges, such as marijuana, minor. But the actuality of that is that those marijuana charges produce other charges later on. But this is the wacky left, ruining one city at a time in this country, ruining everything here one issue at a time. So the issue that they're concentrating also on is this correction issue. Now they know that the turnaround is coming where new facilities have to be built. About, I would say, five... Five years ago, there was the leftist push in segregation. And they came up with all these concepts of how segregation is evil and cruel, that you can lock somebody up in a one-man cell, uh, let's say you know, 20 by 10 or whatever it might be, and 23 hours a day, and then just allow them for a brief one hour of recreation. And that was cruel. But it's gone to court several times, and the court system says, no, well, it's not really cruel and unusual. But they kept on hammering away at the narrative. Now, human beings, obviously, are built to be um, social beings, and that's the purpose that we have. And we should be able to become social with one another in our daily settings. That's why you have a mind, a brain, a heart. You can think things and state your position and philosophies and so forth. And so being locked up for 23 hours is probably do it would do something to you mentally, I, I would say. But then again, what conforms to that rule is your behavior. If you don't play well with others, then you can't come out and play. And taking that important tool away from uh, correctional agencies in this country really cripples them. So the left started out, I would say, about five years ago. Now, when we look at the specific occupation of corrections, it is riddled from top to bottom with liberals, which are disguised as so-called Democrats. 
And we've explained how the Democratic Party lost their party long ago. And there are one or two of them still wandering around trying to figure out where's everybody at and who are all these people with these green berets. And it's turned into the Communist Party, the Obstructionist Party, the so-called freaking progressives. All that is a bunch of baloney for saying we're in control. The left likes to be in control, control of your money, control of your life, control of everything. So now you're starting to see the narrative go the other way. We're not in control of this. We want freedom. And in the article I was reading from the ACLU, they, they're trying to force the narrative with the feds and using these mass landfills that Obama basically took when he was president and made them national parks, and then it was kind of overturned, and it's been this big thing now. Now they want to take what's left, and they want to have open criminal societies, because you can't say there's their buildings anymore, and have an open setting. This is how the lunatics are running the asylum. And if you allow them long enough, these crazy concepts won't work. Folks, don't think into it. Don't read into it more than you have to. The freaking concept will not work. The large percentage of individuals in a jail or prison setting are criminals. The large majority of that are common criminals. They like to go to jail, to prison. They repeat this over and over. Therefore, it is a society of bad people. Not good people, bad people. Now, do innocent people go to jail? Of course they do. But they are the minority, tiny minority, in this unique society of evildoers. You have deprived minds, you have murderers, you have all types and now you want to erode the, the setting of a jail cell or a prison dorm or an actual structure of a building. This is lunacy at its best. And think that they're actually going to stay there and never run away or never try to escape or never try to plant things in this gr ground that wouldn't be of a legal substance, or never, <coughs> excuse me, obtain any forged weapon where they can hurt officers that work there. This is nuts. This is nuts. But this is what this wacky left, they come up with all these concepts. Well, not to be outdone by our loving communist mayor over in New York City, uh, Mayor Big Bird, he will not be outdone by any other communist. His stupidity is unique, and it, it has a special place. Before we get to that, I'm going to post on lpoliceradio.com on the show notes how to build a better jail. And it's an article uh, from March 29th of 2018, so it's not too old. It's you know relatively in this year, so it's going to tell you a lot about... Uh, how they think, what they think, what they actually want to do. This is their idea 
of a better jail system. And it goes on about the, the, how it used to be and, and, you know, the prisons and the concrete and the jails and how that made people worse and so forth. And then they, the, the, the story will turn into the beautification and loving environment that will make a better a human being into society when it's ready for them to get released. I once heard you can't rehabilitate a person that has never been habilitated in the first place. And But they didn't get the memo, so they don't know that. But in this wackiness, there's an actual des, des, description and, and painting of what one of these jail buildings would look like under Mayor Big Bird. And on your bottom floor, you have a shared space. That, that's, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's right. Shared space between the community and the criminals. Now, the criminals are going to be housed upper floor and the general public on the lower floor. In the lower floor, they show you an example of the community room. It's a gallery, like an art gallery, and people wandering around from the park, getting tr public transportation, and going into the community art gallery, which I'm sure that the artists are the clowns that are upstairs. Then you go up on the upper tiers, and they have the, the detainee residential area. And there they are looking at this, I guess, spacious area. Maybe it looks like a window. And they're seeing the people coming in and out. And then on the top part of the building is your outdoor space with plants and trees and they can, you know, breathe the air and and basically everybody lives in harmony. I don't know what type of mushrooms these people are on, but they have no idea the monster they're trying to make comfortable. Now, I said that there are innocent people that do go to jail. Yes, they do, and, and, and that's unfortunate. But you can't make bad people good. You know, the Scripture says what is bent cannot be straightened. So you, you, you can come up with all these wacky concepts. Now, these things have huge, huge bills to them. And although they don't, the, the wacky uh, mayor of New York City, Mayor Big Bird, is on purpose. He has not defined what the recreation of the current jail system that he has called Rikers Island, which uh, consists of a bunch of jails on one island. I believe it's nine of them. Well, they're doing away with that. They're going to close all that down and... For whatever reason, who knows what they're going to do with the island. I guess there'll be condos pretty soon. And then they're going to transport these jail systems around the five boroughs. Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Bronx. And close to the court systems and stuff and so forth. So they're coming up with these different uh, costing... Uh, concepts uh, that they can generate with the community. Now, who the hell wants a jail ne living next door? I'll tell you who. No, 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 don't say nobody. There's somebody. 
it's called a wacky socialist leftist. The problem is the wacky socialist leftist doesn't want to live there. No, he wants you, you to live next to the inmates. That's what he wants. And these ideas that they're having come with a huge amount of cost, a tremendously large jail population. This is not for 20 people. So these are going to be huge eyesores. Now they're trying to make it look nicer. And you're seeing the little caption that it actually looks like they're out looking out a window at the public and all that. The poor, you know, the good jail people up there. Just wave at them prisoner, Johnny. Just wave at them. And anybody that's in the field of corrections knows that if there's an inmate behind a bar or a plastic uh, barrier, what they do, okay? Get the point? What they do, especially if you're a female, what they do. So wacky, ridiculous, preposterous, stupidity at, it, at its best. And you know what? They're, they're eating this stuff up. The citizens of New York City voted for this moron and this is going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know at what cost. But remember, socialists don't care how much it costs because they're experts in using other people's money. They're experts at it. <clears throat> Another article that we're going to post on El Police Radio on the show notes is uh, upgrade your jail cell for a price. <coughs> And it's a very lengthy article, and it goes into breaking down this new issue that's happening around the country, which is pay to stay, and it's primarily out in California. So basically, what the article alludes to, that if you have money, well, you don't have to stay like those other guys. You know, they stay in public housing. You can basically opt out and go where you want. So... Who are using this service? Well, the majority of them are DUI, individuals charged with DUI, driving violations. It gives you kind of the percentages. They opt out. Instead of going to jail, they're going to this pay-to-stay. So it's supposed to be a detention facility, and you pay for it. And there are different price ranges depending you know, what you can afford, of course, there's where you'll stay. And I believe it's, you know, between $20, $30, and it can go up to 200 and something dollars. And everything in this article, I'm sure, is undercut what the real price of some of these things are. And so what does this mean? What, how does this translate? Pay to stay. What else can you pay for? And what it tells me is, the rich won't be punished. I'm not going to jail with, the, with these creep moors over here. I'm going to pay my way. But this is acceptable in California. The tolerant left that all people should be created and, and dealt with equally. No, they got paid to stay. And people are taking advantage of it. And who's going to take advantage of it? Those people that have money. Now, some of those people that have money, believe it or not, are actual bad people, like drug dealers and so forth. So they can pay luxury amounts. It's like staying at the Hilton. 
pay to stay. And it gives you a list of areas in California in this article that, um, that have this current system. And Anaheim, Glendale, Beverly Hills, and the list goes on. Pay to stay jails. That's right, folks. We have lost it all. There's no shame in the game how stupid we can become. Here's an actual quote that, that is on this article from the L.A. Times. It was actually a retreat for me, said Shane Sparks, whoever he is, he's a, I guess, rap singer or whatever he projects, whatever his life's all about. But there's an actual quote for him. It was actually a retreat for me. This is what they have. This is in place, folks. This is real. This is not a concept that's coming soon. This is happening today. And the wacky left has been moving this agenda to destroy corrections. Not only from the cost aspect to the staffing levels, which are deteriorated to nothing, Agencies have huge amount of personnel they need. They can't retain people. They leave faster than they come in. And as a result, the corrections industry is suffering. If it was a patient on a heart monitor, it would be an intensive care. Now, I know there's a lot out there that say, no, boy, you freaking exaggerate. No, I don't. I don't. Because I'm watching the left. I'm looking at the narrative they're trying to do. Okay? It won't be long before one of these fools says, we can put them all on an island. Okay? And close all the prison systems in America. Yay! Let's all smoke uh, pot and eat mushrooms. That's what they'll do. And if you allow them, this stupidity will happen. Okay? And, it, it, and it's all done with a purpose. Here's the purpose. Ruin what's in place so you can control what is coming to replace what was in place. That's the agenda of the, of the wacky left. That's what they're trying to do. So the cost for these things, very expensive. I have another article uh, that I'll be posting as well on lpoliceradio.com, and that's uh, L L.A. County. It's a report. Uh, it goes back to, I believe, 2015, and it talks about they're building two new jails at a staggering cost of $3 billion. And the article goes on to say that by the time they finish completion of these two jails, the actual last figure will be 5 to $7 billion. Billion would it be? That's how much this costs. So you wonder why, 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 why is this happening? Because the left wants to control the narrative. Remember, their biggest thing is about being in control, control of everything, control of your life, in control of how you pay taxes, where you eat, where you worship. Control, 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 control. If you're having difficulty understanding me, ask any Cuban, any Venezuelan, any person that came from the Republic of China, they will explain to you how this control works or anybody that came from North Korea. They're pretty good at it, okay? They, they have a life experience on the subject. The issue of corrections, how are we going to correct this? 
Well, you need innovative leaders that have to think out of the box. They're going to have to come up with some serious dollar amounts in these communities, if not to build new, to refurbish what's old, bring it up to standards because some of it is not up to standards. Like instead of having metal and iron doors, compressed wood is being used. That's right, and some of these agencies know who they are. That is not going to stop anybody, but this is what they're using as a substitute of material for construction. Another aspect of this, in my opinion, is remove all civilian personnel that have any control over the decision-making process of the construction. Why? Well, I'm, you know, I have a, two master's degrees on how to screw nails, okay? It's a joke, folks. You can't screw nails. And they all of a sudden controlling the narrative, what we're buying, what we're not buying. Well, this is more expensive, but this is more cost-effective, and people are jumping on it. Well, who the hell are you? What academy did you go to? How many post-ups did you do to get a badge? None. Zero. Zip. Nada. But you're some type of advisor to the agency head, and what's occurring is you're getting away with your liberal standard. They're actually listening to your lunacy because all the way at the palace, and the palace is where the decisions are made, at city hall, county hall, or state hall, whatever hall you're at, a.k.a. the palace, there are more people that think just like you. Wink and nod. Wink and nod again. And therefore, they're going to get what they want. You want to take back your law enforcement agencies in your community? Demand that sworn personnel that are more than adequate, more than adequate to control their own agencies. You don't need a pinko leftist outsider with some type of degree from some commie college to tell you what you should know because that's your industry. It's an epidemic, folks. It is everywhere in every state, in every county, in every city in these United States. And we need to take it back. So it's time for the all nine training tip. Today we're going to talk about restraints, and we're going to talk about restraints inside a correctional facility. As I stated earlier, the liberals are controlling the narrative because they are trying to control everything, every aspect of life. And there's certain things that they overlook. Now, they want to change the structure of the building of a correctional facility into an open-air space, but we're still dealing with handcuffs and shackles, which are made out of metal. Well, for these uncontrollable inmates, there are such things as called a wrap restraint, and we'll post out on lpoliceradio.com for you to see. The wrap restraint kind of limits the movement of an individual that might be under the influence of drugs or alcohol, or they have signs of aggressive tendencies 
and maybe really, maybe even mentally ill. You can wrap them in this device that controls their lower extremity, upper extremity. There's enough space in their chest for them to breathe. And you can actually lift them with four officers or deputies and transport them to the location that you need them to go. Their movement is almost non-existent. If they have to walk with this, there's an ability to loosen it up for them to have the ability to walk where their lower extremity continues to be very difficult for them to manipulate. This wrap restraint is a great device that should be in every correctional facility. But for some reason, there are some agencies out there that don't think so. They actually believe that the old chains of handcuffing and leg shackling is the answer. You want to be modern, but you want to be stuck in the past. Now, it's time for the conversation. How important is your time? Well, your time is very important to you. And you need your time to be kind of controlled by you in order to succeed in life. Let's take an average day, 24 hours, and we know that, well, one of the things that they recommend highly is sleep eight hours or a little bit more. So let's take the eight-hour version of sleep. We know that most workdays are based on five-day work weeks and 40 hours of the week. That breaks it down to eight hours a day. Eight and eight is 16, leaving us with eight hours more. Eight hours that we have to dedicate to ourselves. Is there any time within those eight hours to be a part of your family? To be a part of, let's say, a spouse? To be part with your children? To be part with your parents or grandparents? Or friends that might be in need? You'd have to share that. You also got duties to do. Clean, wash, cook. We can't get around it. We've got to do these things too. But as we start going through our day, there's one entity that's so important that we're placing on the shelf. And that is your relationship with God. He's made us beings on planet Earth not necessarily to sleep, not necessarily to work, but most importantly, to worship Him. Through our sin, we have been sentenced to working. Through our sin, our bodies will one day diminish and perish. But that wasn't the original intent of God, but because of how we are, and what we were doing, we are condemned by our sin. So we look at eight hours that we have left, we look at the chores that we have to do, and we look at the other relationships we have to have. What is left? You might think, not much, but I'm here to tell you, there's plenty left. 
when you dedicate a portion, the portion that you determine with God, your journey now begins. The journey that starts is that journey that enriches your life. doesn't matter the length of time you dedicate to him as long as you're dedicating one. Jesus told us you don't even know how to pray, which is so true. But how you learn to pray is through the Spirit. In your walk and relationship with God, if you do the following things, you'll see that what little time you had has turned into such joyous time. If you dedicate that by confessing of your sins, recognizing that you're a sinner, asking the Lord Jesus Christ and God to forgive you through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us and what we've done, your relationship will begin now. And you'll walk through that journey learning more and more, dedicating. And what you don't know what to do today with the Lord in prayer you will pray and speak to him with such passion that it has enough ability to bring down walls that are set around you. Dedicate your precious time because life is precious. The scripture says we're here and we wither away like the grass for a short time. Take advantage of that time and start your walk with Jesus today. What's up next? Well, we've always got plenty on the agenda for you. In our next uh, podcast, number 31, we're going to talk about school security. So many experts out there, they want to give a loaded pistol to every teacher. But you went to school. You remember the list of teachers you had. Imagine some of those fools with guns. Scary, wouldn't it be? Not everybody's built to run towards the trouble. Many of us are built to run away from it. Only a select few of warriors can run towards. So we've got to come up with better options than just one officer. So, episode 31, that's what we're going to look at. How can we secure these jails? Have we turned into what the airports look like? If you're old enough, do you remember the days of going to the airport and there was almost zero security clearance, where you can actually greet somebody at the at the door of the airplane as it, it opened it up, and there it was. Those days are long gone, folks, never to be seen again. Well, some of our freedoms in school are long gone soon enough. How precious is freedom? Very precious. But when, you're ev- when your enemy is evil, when your enemy wants to capture and rob your joy through your children, there can be nothing more than giving your 100% best at securing their little lives, whether they're 18, 15, 7, or 4. We owe it to them. We can do this. Is the narrative taking guns away? Of course not. Look at the places that have weapons taken away from them, what they've turned into later on. It's not the answer. The answer is to control the evilness that's coming your way, 
just like bad weather. You can't make bad weather go away. You can't make bad people go away either. If you enjoyed what we've got, we've got plenty more. LPoliceRadio.com. You can go to that website. You can scroll all the way down. And when you get down there to the bottom, you'll see all these little icons pop up for Twitter, Facebook, and how to subscribe to YouTube and on and on and on. And we want you to do that. Why? Because then you can be a team player with us. Also want you to concentrate on my Twitter and it's on there as well, and you'll see it. Alpha Mike 2017 is the handle. Go on there. Why? Because I throw a lot of content on there of future shows. Not necessarily the show that I'm on or the, or the show that I've had, but things that are coming. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that I put on post on Twitter. Not using Facebook right now because they're under investigation and soon to be destroyed by the federal government because they had the audacity to sell to the Republicans private data, private data information of possible voters where they willingly gave it to the Democratic president with no charge. No, it's, it's on us. So the wacky left wants to destroy all those Republican voters out there that will be voting in 2018 and 2020. How do you do that? You knock out Goliath, which is Facebook. We'll have a show on that in the future. Keep on looking up. Keep on being fired up. And we will see you next episode, number 31.